0: With that in mind, we're going to speak this morning a little bit, talk about uh, the topic of prayer. My intention was to start back in the book of John at the new year, and we will eventually get back into that uh, expository study, really, of the book of John. We'll jump back in there very soon. As I was preparing to speak this week, um, as things kind of unfolded with Pop throughout the week, and my emotions are just kind of wrung out. I'm sure all of you have felt that way at different points, and so everything got quiet last night, and um, everybody had gone home uh, eventually, except for uh, Kathy and myself, and I kind of went out in the lobby and did some studying, did some different things, and just thinking about Pop and the different things that he has been to me in my life uh, throughout uh, my time here on Earth, and. Uh, the relationship that I have with him, just thinking over some different things and thinking about this month and what we're doing as a church. and uh, God just kept bringing back to me what influence he's had on my life in prayer. And if you've been with him or been around him long, you know that he loves to pray. He has a certain way that he prays. And he taught myself and, uh, of course, his own children, his other grandchildren, uh, the importance of prayer. There wasn't many times ever in my life that I remember mentioning something that was wrong or a need or even just an aggravation that he did not suggest or immediately take us into some form of prayer about whatever that was. And I remember how he prayed. I remember coming into his uh, room and coming into his office back here in the church when he was here and uh, knocking on the door and the blind would kind of bounce and you could see him and he may be in there with his Bible open and he'd have his hands folded on it and he'd just kind of be looking to the side and you, you knew that he was praying about those things. And it's a significant part of his life, but it's not just for some people. And that's what we're going to emphasize today is some of these uh, lessons that not, not just from him as an individual, but from God's Word about prayer and as he is in need this morning of our prayers, Uh, we're going to think kind of toward that direction. I want to take this thought this morning. What we're going to do is we're going to look at the fact that God has a will for us to pray. We're going to talk about that for a few minutes, and then we're going to just finish with some practical thoughts about prayer itself. Prayer is often something that is more neglected uh, than other parts of our spiritual lives at times. We did a study this summer with the teens talking about it, and there's a survey saying that the average Christian prays somewhere between three and five minutes a day, and that includes prayers at meals and uh, prayers at getting up and prayers at bedtime. Well, if you pray for a meal, typically you know, may pray for thirty seconds to a minute, depends on maybe how hungry you are at that point, and you may pray for thirty seconds to a minute. If you add that up, that's three minutes, uh, just about. And if you pray before bed, maybe that's another minute, and so. That is Christians admitting that. It was a a massive survey done of about 5,000 different Christians throughout uh, the country and different types of churches and different types of things. And so if you're thinking somewhere between even 5 and 10 minutes of prayer, it means we're praying about, I don't know, 3 to 5 minutes a day outside of our mealtime. And obviously, God places more of an emphasis on it than 3 to 5 minutes a day. In fact, we're going to see Him emphasize it in verse number 2 of Colossians chapter 4. We're going to skip past verse number 1, because it actually attaches to the end of chapter number 3, talking about masters and servants. It's a paragraph that starts in verse 22 of chapter 3. And verse number 2 starts a whole new paragraph, and it deals with public life as a church and as a congregation. And you're going to see some different things here. In verse number 2, it says, "...continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving." Withal praying also for us. So now he gives a request. He says, you continue in prayer, and here's something you can pray about. That God would open <coughs> unto us a door of utterance to speak uh, the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. He says that God will give us a way to give the gospel. He says, I'm even in prison now for giving the gospel. Uh, but he's praying for more ways to be able to give that gospel. Verse 4, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Then he gives this: He says, Walk in wisdom. Toward them that are without, so outside of the church, redeeming the time. Make use of the time that God gives you on this earth. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how you ought to answer every man. Now verses five and six. Those would be great testimonies of our life. Walk in wisdom toward people in and outside the body of Christ. Redeem the time. Use the time that God has given you for His kingdom and for His glory. That's something we all want. Let your speech have grace and be salted with truth at the same time. Not backing down from what is true, but not speaking it in hatred, speaking it in the love and the mercy that Christ has shown toward us, knowing how you should answer every man. And that is a great goal for our Christian lives, isn't it? We could spend time, we could spend a couple weeks on just that list of things. It would be good for all of us to be able to walk in wisdom, to speak in truth, to speak in love, treat people mercifully the way that Christ did, to know how to answer every man, that would be our goal. But notice how he starts that paragraph. Before he gets to that, in verse number two, he says, continue in prayer. Because he knows you're not going to get verses five and six without verse two. You're not going to be able to live the Christian life that you need to live without communicating with your God. More than just studying the Bible, and that is important, we need to be in God's Word daily. But just as we are in God's Word daily, we should speak to our God daily. We're going to see in a moment, this is what He created us for. He created us to depend on Him, not to be independent from Him. And what better way to show our dependence on Him than to speak to Him and to pray to Him? Why you go back to verse number 2 for a second, we're going to look at... (coughs) A few of these individual words. Uh, In fact, what I'd like you to do is uh, turn over to Acts chapter 2. Keep your finger there in Colossians 2. In Acts chapter 2, that word continue in prayer, uh, particularly the word continue. We're going to look at a way that it's used in a couple other passages to help us get the idea of it. Because when you first read it, continue in prayer, it just sounds like it's saying, just keep praying. But it's more to it than even that. Look at verse number 42 of chapter 2, the book of Acts. It says, And they continued steadfastly. That's the same word that he used in Colossians 2, where he says, or 4, where he says, continue. Look at verse 46. And they continued daily. Continuing daily. That's one word, same exact word. So continue steadfastly, continue daily. Flip a couple pages over, Acts chapter 6. Look at verse number 4. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer. That is the same word where it says continue in Colossians 4. It is translated in here, chapter 6, verse number 4. To give ourselves continually, same word, continue. So he says continue steadfastly, continue always, give yourselves continually to prayer. Romans chapter 13. You flip there on our way back to Colossians. Look at Romans 13 and verse... Number six, Romans 13, verse number six says, For this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. You can go back to Colossians chapter four for a moment, but you think about those words, continue steadfastly, continue always, give yourself unto continually. So it's more than just keep praying. He says over and over, daily continue praying. And that, that's the weight that he's putting on it. Steadfastly. So he says daily, all the time, every day. Steadfastly, regardless of what happens. Then he says, give yourself to these things. So he's saying, give yourself. Another way we can say this is, devote yourself to prayer. If I were to say, continue always in something, you say you're devoted to it. He's saying here in, in chapter 4, verse number 2, devote yourself to prayer and watch in the same <coughs> with thanksgiving. It's clear from this passage. One thing is crystal clear from this passage. It is God's will that we pray. Yet sometimes it is something that we just straight up fail to do. We choose, in a way, not to do it. Yet God has said He wants us to pray. He even desires us to pray. He delights in us praying. What does it mean to Pray. Well, mainly it would mean you would say asking God for things. Now, when I say that, just like I did when we are kind of forming this, you kind of bristle at that. Prayer is more than just asking God for things, right? Well, there is ways that we give thanksgiving to God and we praise God and we repent to God and we confess to God. But the word prayer itself in its very basic essence is to make requests known. And so when he says pray, you bring your requests to God. He doesn't say that you don't thank and that you don't repent, you don't do those things. In a way, repentance and confession is a request. It is begging God for forgiveness. It is asking God for change because every part of our lives, spiritual and physical, is dependent upon God. And so when he says, continue daily, continue steadfastly, give yourselves to, devote yourself to prayer, there is a reason why. It is because we need God. We need to depend on Him. And if we are not speaking to Him and we do not request of Him, then we show no dependence on Him. Though we may express that we are dependent upon Him, if we don't express that to Him, what is the good? If you were to go in, and I don't mean to cheapen prayer by this illustration, but if you were to go into a restaurant and the waiter comes to your table and you say, what would you like to drink? And you just stared at the menu and in your heart, you want water. You deeply, it's been a hot day. You want water, but you stare at that menu thinking, I want water so badly. And the waiter's like, I'm going to give you a minute then. <laughs> and they come back a few minutes later, what would you like to drink? And you stare at the table quietly. But you really want water. The waiter, I'm going to give you a minute. Well, now you're frustrated. Why are they not bringing me water? And now you're frustrated and you're. Addled, that they're not bringing you the thing that you desire they're not granting your request but you've never even made it known and the truth is in our lives we sit before God sometimes and God is coming to us saying what do you need now he knows what we need but he's asking us bring your request to me and not just simply saying your bills or your physical problems Bring your request to me. You want to grow. I would hope that today, if you're a Christian, you're saved by God's grace. You want to grow in grace as a Christian. That you want to be a stronger Christian and you want to be a better Christian. Have you ever expressed that to God? Do you express it continually? Do you express it daily? Do you express it steadfastly? How do we ever expect to grow in our spiritual lives when we don't even request from God that he helps us grow in our spiritual lives? ever been frustrated in a way that you're not growing spiritually or your heart your spirit seems a little bit addled toward God like well God seems to be blessing that person more maybe even spiritually than he's blessing me spiritually and I don't understand it. when I read God's word I don't get out of it what maybe somebody else did and I'm frustrated and I get bored or I get uh, tired of trying to follow along with what God wants for my life have you ever expressed that to him Have you ever said, God, grant me a desire. Give me what I want. We don't summon those things on our own. It's not that some people love to read God's word and want to grow and others don't. It is that maybe some have asked God for that help and he has granted it to them. None of us can grow spiritually without God. And so when he says, pray to me, he's not just saying it like a genie that you would rub on the bottle and it would come out and he grants your every wish. What he's saying is, I am your God. I created you to depend on me. We were created in the image of God to glorify him. And one way that we glorify him is our dependence upon him. And so when he commands and he says, continue in prayer, it is more than just saying, keep praying in a generic sense. He is saying this should be an integral part of your life woven into every facet, every need, every desire that you have physically, spiritually, you should pray. What is prayer? It is devoting yourself to dependence upon God. In a broad sense, it includes many things. I'll give you an illustration in the Westminster Catechism, there's a, a definition of prayer. If you were to go back, it's a, a great document, it kind of defines a lot of uh, different terms scripturally or spiritually. And D.L. Moody was once visiting Scotland back in the 1800s, and he was speaking to a local grade school, kind of an elementary school, and he asked a rhetorical question. And he said, What is prayer? And to his amazement, a hundred hands went up from uh, the children that were sitting there. So he decided to call on uh, one young man in the front who promptly stood up and gave him this definition. Prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God in the name of Christ by the help of His Spirit with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of His mercies. <laughs> the young elementary student that stood up and said, well done. <laughs> he was just quoting what he had been taught at that point. But think about that definition. Prayer is an offering up of our desires to God. But notice how prayer involves the Trinity. We're praying to God in the name of Christ, by the help and power of His Spirit, with the confession of our sins, and with thankful acknowledgement of His mercies. Prayer is something that should be woven into every part of our lives. Why? Because God has commanded us. He desires us. He delights in our prayers God loves to be asked he loves to be prayed to for just a moment I want to flip around we don't do that too often but uh, it'll keep us alert this morning look at Proverbs chapter 15 if you would Proverbs 15 (coughs) in verse number 8 when you get there you can say amen let me know you're still awake all right now nobody wants to say it there we go there's one Everybody's there, Proverbs 15, verse 8. All right, it says, The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord. But notice that last phrase, and you read it with me. But he loveth, oh, excuse me. But the prayer of the upright is his what? Delight. All right, so let's say that last verse together. But the prayer of the upright is his what? Delight. delight. The prayer of the upright is whose delight? It is God's delight. Look at Isaiah, if you would. Chapter 65. Not too many pages over. Isaiah, chapter 65. Look at verse 24. The verse I've heard pop quote my entire life. It says in Isaiah 65, verse 24, And it shall come to pass, that before they call, I will answer and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Do you see the urgency of God in prayer? It is not that God is sitting up in heaven pointing to us saying, Ah, yeah, you need to pray. This is urgent for him. He says the, these, this is an abomination to the Lord over here, but his delight he loves the prayer of an upright heart. He says, while they are yet speaking, I will hear them. Before they finish saying it, I'm going to know what they're saying. I long to hear them pray. I want to hear them pray. Go back just a couple of chapters. Isaiah verse chapter 62. Look at verses 6 and 7. <clears throat> He's giving an example. He's saying <clears throat> of these watchmen over the walls of Jerusalem. But he's talking about the prayer of these watchmen. In Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7, says, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night, yet that make mention of the Lord. Keep not silence and give him no rest till he establish, until he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Notice the end of verse 6, beginning of verse 7. Notice what God really sets up for himself. He says, ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. You that pray, don't stop talking. Verse number seven, and give him no rest. Who is he? Anybody know there? Who is he? It is God. Read it that way. And give God no rest until he establish and make this peace in the earth. This is God speaking through his word to his people. And he says, don't let me rest from your prayers. Pray always. I want to be bombarded by your prayers. Why is that? I want you to turn to Romans chapter 11 very quickly. Keeping you on your toes this morning. Why is it important that God delights in our prayers? That God wants us to pray? Why is it that as Pop is struggling this morning and uh, struggling with his health... That yes, God wants doctors to work, and yes, God wants uh, family to be there and to love on them. He wants friends to care for Him. But why is it that in that moment, what God wants is for us to pray to Him for His will? We're going to see that in verse 34. Look look at verse uh, 34 down through verse 36 of chapter 11. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been His counselor? Who's His teacher? Who... Tells God what to do. Verse 35, Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Notice verse 35 again. Or who hath first given unto him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. In other words, who has given anything to God that God has to repay for? In other words, when has God had a need that we have provided for? And the answer is it has never happened. Verse 36, for of him, through him, to him are all things to whom be glory forever. God says, pray to me because I have it all. Pray to me because I can do it all. Pray to me because there is nothing that I need. Have you ever gone to somebody and had a need and you know that going to them is going to be a little bit of a burden on them, but you've come to the place where you have to. And you know, they may be going through something on their own. You've gone to somebody when they're sick. Maybe you have a coworker that's been really ill and they have to go home, but there's a document or there's something that you need from them, a receipt or something along the way, some part of a business that they were involved in and and you know that they're sick but you know that you can't move on without and you're trying to contact and you know that there's a burden because they have a need too but you kind of need them and it's i don't really want to go to god has never been that way there's no one that has ever gone to god in prayer and caught him in a moment of exhaustion or need There's no one that's ever gone to God and asked for something that God could not grant. There's no one that has ever gone to the God in prayer and God has said, I don't have that. There's no one that has ever gone to God in prayer in which God said, give me a moment to catch my breath. There is never anyone that has gone to God in prayer in which they went to him and he could not supply what they needed. That is what this verse is teaching. No one has given to God. We can't give to God. God. is the giver and here is where it is important and why God commands us to pray the giver gets the glory right it, it who is the one that supplies the need Who gets greater glory, the one that has the need and receives or the one that can supply the need and gives? Well, the one that supplies the need and gives, he gets the glory. And so when God says continue, devote yourself to prayer, yes, it is because he loves us. Yes, it is because he sees our needs and our sorrows. Yes, it is because he wants to provide for us. But even greater than that, he knows and has designed that prayer brings him glory. If you want to glorify God, you ask of him things because he then gives. And because he gives, he gets glory. Psalm 50 verse 15 says, call upon me in your day of trouble. I will rescue you. And then it says, and, I, and you will honor me. He says, when I rescue you, I, you honor me. It is glory that you bring by prayer. John chapter 14, verse 13, Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, that will I give unto you. Why does he say that he give it unto us? He says that my father may be glorified. So why is it that we pray? Why is it that we ask things for the glory of God, not just for our own needs? Because sometimes I feel like in my own life, I've been battling back and forth. This, this is a, a struggle of mine. I do not pray as I should. And I think sometimes I fail to pray as I should because I fail to see my need for God as I should. And becomes, prayer becomes about me rather than God's glory. And sometimes I may not pray on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. I may not need God a lot on Friday, and so I don't feel like I pray a lot on Friday. But my prayer is not always about my need. It is about God's glory. And when should God get glory? Not Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Every day. And so when he says continue daily in prayer, devote yourself to prayer, give yourself to prayer. What is he trying to encourage us to do? Give God glory daily. You know, we we only go get the oil change in our car every how depending on what you are, 3,000, 5,000, 40,000 miles, whatever you choose. You get the oil change in your car when it is needed. Prayer does not work that way. And how wonderful is that? It would probably help our cars if you had the oil changed Every day, right? But there's no need for it, so we don't think that we do it. We can go to God every single day. Why? Because it is not just prayer is not just based in our need. It is rooted in God's glory. Let me read you this. Because He is utterly self-sufficient and delights to overflow and show us His glorious fullness and strength and wisdom, He will give us whatever we need to give us everlasting joy and Him eternal glory from us. God loves to show the fullness of His grace in meeting the needs of humble, dependent, praying people because it magnifies His riches and gives us satisfaction and joy. So prayer is not some small thing. It's not marginal. It's not incidental. It is not somewhere we go when we are sick. It is not somewhere we go when we have a need. It is somewhere we go to serve our God. Sometimes we think of Bible reading a little differently. This is what God has commanded us to do, so this is what we have to do every day. Prayer is the same. It brings God glory, and he says, devote yourself to prayer. Let me finish with just mentioning three things that I've learned from my grandfather in prayer that you learn from Scripture in prayer as I think about him. What does this mean? How often do you pray, and do you pray regularly? Think about your own prayer life this morning. Do you pray regularly? Do you pray often or is it hit and miss? Do you pray only when you have need or do you pray about all needs? Do you show dependence on your God in prayer? We need to take some steps to pray continually. Here's a couple that can help us just by asking us questions. Number one, when and where do we pray? When and where do we pray? So when do you give yourself to prayer and where do you do that? And some of us may say, I have done this at different points in my life. Well, I just want to pray all day. I just want to pray as I go about my day. I don't have a concerted time where I really set aside and go somewhere and pray separately from everything. I just, I get up and go and I just, and there are moments in life that we need to live like. We should live like that every day. But it's kind of a false sense. It won't work to choose between a season of prayer and solitude and prayer soaking in the rest of our life. They're not alternatives. God commands both. If you want to walk in prayer all day long, you must linger in prayer at times of quiet communion with God. It just has to happen. You see it all over Scripture. By example and by command, God says, choose a place, choose a time, and pray. It doesn't have to always be the same place, though that can help. Have you ever been somewhere and when you walk in, it puts you in a certain mindset? You know, I like to go to uh, Bass Pro Shop. And when I walk in, I know I'm probably not going to spend any money, but it puts me in a nice mindset. Like, I'm just in a totally different space. I'm like, yeah, I need to go out and hike. Can't wait till next hunting season ended yesterday at 530. And so I'm like, when does the next one start? When I go in there, it just puts me in a different mindset and spirit. Well, you go into a restaurant, you smell a certain thing, and it's like, oh, all of a sudden I want to speak with an Italian accent, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Suddenly, I learned Spanish overnight. You know, it just puts you in a certain mood and a certain era. Well, the same thing can be used of a physical space when we choose to make it our place of prayer and walking, and we can feel, now I need to pray. When and where do you pray? Choose a time, choose a place. How long do you pray? That's step number two. Think about that question. How long do you pray? Well, you start wherever you are because you hear of these old warriors in the faith that prayed three and four hours a day and that seems like a a noble goal for all of us. The truth is if I'm praying three or four minutes today, I'm probably not going to start praying three or four hours tomorrow and be able to keep it up. We start where we are. And if I know I need to pray more, I start by asking God to help me have a desire to pray more. God, help me see my need and my dependent for dependence on you help me to see my command to glorify you through prayer help me to want and long to pray we may need to start our day with a five-minute prayer about not wanting to pray and asking God to help us pray think about Daniel uh, in his life and we kind of heard that reference in the song Daniel 6 talks about how uh, Daniel went out on his deck or by his window and prayed three times a day. He had a set time in which he prayed. It was important enough that he was willing to pray publicly and by the open window, but notice he was devoted enough to pray those three times a day, and that's a pretty good example. That's a pretty good way to do it. I honestly have not done this very long, but recently by this kind of same idea, so I just started trying to pray for thirds of my day. I get up in the morning, God, I need you until noon big time. Here's here's what I'm doing. Here's what I am going to be trying to do. And I can't do these things without your spirit. And by your grace, God, get me through until noon. I'm going to see these people from now until about noon. So help me minister in their lives. Help them to even be an encouragement. To me, I'm going to visit this person. I'm going to be doing this in this place. God, I'm exhausted this morning. Uh, You know, kids are sick and I'm up and down. I need energy until noon. And then, you know, you, and then I get to lunch and I pray, God, give me another third of the day. God, help me, grant me, help me to glorify you. I need you today. And then whether it's dinner or at bed, God, give me the next third of the day. Help me to rest. Help me to heal. And it's a good example. It's a good way to do it. Psalm 119 says, Seven times a day I praise you because of thy righteous judgment. So pick a time, pick a place, and then commit yourself to pray. None of these are things that we haven't heard of before. In fact, I'm telling you them, learning them from the Bible, but learning them from a man that pastored here for uh, decades of years. And it brings me to this final thing, taking steps. How do we pray? You you could list dozens of things here, and everybody has their own method. But I'm going to tell you three things I learned from Pop in praying. First, pray in circles. What do I mean by that? Pray in circles. Start small with yourself. Concentric circles. See, I was listening in geology or whatever class that was, (laughs) geometry, as we went through. Pray in concentric circles. Here is me. God, I need help. I'm not praying for myself first because I deserve it more than others, but I know I need it more than others. And I won't be able to pray for others the way that I need to until I have first prayed through my own heart and my own life and my own sins and my own self. So start. With the small circle, here is me. This is what I need to pray for. This is what, God, this is what I need in my life. And I've heard Pop do this a dozen times. He'll start, or dozens of years, over thousands of times probably, where he starts small with himself. God, this is what I need. God, grant me this in my life. Help me to be strong in this way. Give me wisdom in this way. Guide me, praying through the scripture. Uh, You are my rock. You are my fortress. You are the answer to my need. When I think about my own sin, this is what you can do in my life. And start with self, and then work your way out. The next circle, for me, it would be my family. God, give joy, patience, and wisdom, and strength today to deal with my three kids. God, grant my three kids. Ellie, you know, Ellie has... Uh, listening to your spirit. She just uh, was saved just a few uh, nights ago, really, just uh, I guess a couple weeks ago now that uh, she trusted Christ as her Savior. And so now I'm praying, God, help her to Feel that true commitment to you. Help her to have a true repentance of her sins and then help her to grow in you. Change her attitude and spirit toward uh, her brother when he acts out this way to her and and give her a sweet spirit so that she's an influence on him and God help them to help joy. And I pray through my family. pray for my, uh, my brothers and their family and for Pop and for my cousins and aunts and uncles and I pray through family. And then I have friends that I pray for. God, I have friends that pastor across this country in different places i have friends in this community and in uh this church and i pray for them i pray for uh whether it be staff or the leadership here at our church and what their need is and i you say well what how do i know what to pray about them what if they haven't told me their need you can pray scripture about other people too let me give you an example before we finish you can be intentional about how you pray for others pray specific biblical values for other people Not just some worn out cliche, God bless them today, give them this or that. But here's an example, I just wrote it down. It may not sound like this every time, but uh, Lord Jesus, or Father, grant so-and-so the grace that they would recognize the need of their own spirit. Let them see their own sins and be repentant of them. Help them not to be indifferent or apathetic toward your work. God, help them to have a meekness of heart. Grant them to be hungry and thirst after righteousness, as your word says. God, be the peacemaker and the reconciler of their lives and their spirit. Make him or her pure. Keep him or her pure. And if you will, for him to be persecuted or to suffer, give them grace to count it all joy and to remember that his reward or her reward is greater in heaven than the trial that is here on earth. Sometimes we don't have the words to say, so we can just say the Lord's words right back to Him. Pray in circles. Pray small and then expand it. Pray others through Scripture. Pray for others through Scripture. And then the third thing, pray in groups. Don't always pray alone. And when we think about that as a church this morning, we have our Wednesday evening prayer service. Uh, but it should extend past more than that. Not just times of prayer at a meal. Families should pray together. They should. Children should hear parents pray. Grandchildren should hear grandparents pray. It's good for me to hear my own kids pray. It's good for me to hear you pray as friends and as family. Pray with friends. Um, you could pray over a text message if you'd like to. If I'm praying right now, will you pray with me? Sure, we'll pray if we can't speak on the phone. You call on the phone and talk in person and pray. Husbands and wives should pray together. You work with a Christian If you work with a Christian, no matter if they're exactly like you or not, you should feel blessed that you work with another Christian and you should want to pray with that Christian. Say, hey, I know we we may not go to the same church. I don't know a whole lot about you, but you're a brother in Christ or you're a sister in Christ. Can we spend two or three minutes after lunch today spending some time in prayer? Because God intends for us to pray together. When we have meetings at our church or we have prayer meetings or times aside, we should pray together. This morning's message is nothing, I'm sure there's probably not a word that we have said this morning that we have not heard a hundred times. But the truth is, in our greatest hour of need, we want to pray. But God's command is that in every hour, we have a desire and a need for prayer. Not just for our own selves and for the changing of our own lives, but for His glory, because it shows dependence on Him. He is honored and glorified when we are satisfied in Him. And He wants to satisfy us through a life of prayer. Let's pray together. As we begin to pray in just a moment, or even now, if you'd like to come and pray at this altar and give yourself to a moment of prayer. Maybe you're saying this morning, I I see and I recognize a need for more prayer in my life. My life may not be terrible or hurting, but I know that I can glorify God. I see from His Word, I can glorify God by praying. He delights in it, and I want to give God what He wants. And so I want to pray more so that I can glorify Him more, so I can delight in His will more. You're welcome to come at any time, any moment. Pray at this altar. Pray as a couple. Pray as a family. Come with a friend. Pray Here, if it's there in your seat and lean over and you want to pray with somebody that's sitting next to you, that's exactly what this is about this morning. Because we sometimes live our lives running about busy like we've just got a plan. And we pray when that goes wrong. God's plan for us is prayer. He wants our church. He wants you as Christians. He wants us individually to come to Him in prayer, to continue in it, to be devoted to it. So we're going to ask Him to help us do that this morning.